the blast from our past network. Hi, this is Diane Franklin. I am the actress from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Better Off Dead, and Last American Virgin, and you are listening to Podcasting After Dark. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, ever since episode two of TV Obscura, is Diallo the Armageddon. And as always, is Zach the Snack. (laughs) What's up, guys? Uh, Diallo, man, how are you doing? I feel like we haven't talked to you in... Forever, because uh, as most of our listeners know, Zach and I were on vacation for about a month, and I use quotations in the air because while <laughs> I was on vacation, Zach was not. <laughs> nope. But Diallo, we have not talked to you in forever. How's it going, my man? I'm doing good. You know, I've been watching you guys travel the world, having fun. I've been sitting here in my uh, <laughs> front of my desk the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> in beautiful Santa Monica, though. Yeah, not no no true complaints. I actually just flew in um, from uh, Northern California today, so I uh, I did a little traveling myself this past week. Oh, nice! nice. Oh, yeah. very nice. cool. Did you, yeah. did you go see family up north? Yeah, it was a big family get together. Intended to be, but um, uh, we were going to meet in Tahoe, but Tahoe's on fire right now, so that got canceled. So we just met at my parents' or house yeah. and saw the whole family. It was real fun. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you got to have like a bit of a reunion, even though Tahoe's on fire, kind of like Oregon, too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's wild times. Wild times. <laughs> Zach, how are you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Fantastic that we're recording and I'm not running a summer camp. So I'm good. To, glad to be back in, in, the, in the real world, so to speak. And your voice sounds amazing. <laughs> Thanks. It feels amazing too. It feel I I don't feel horse anymore. Can you like hear a, that? I've been through desert and a horse with no name. <laughs> I'm feeling good. The way you introduced the three of us, I'm like uh, I wanted to uh, just let everybody know we're not doing a TV obscura wrestling themed episode. <laughs> maybe, where everyone has a maybe nickname. one day we will because uh, oh uh, I, I mean so. I, oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I am not the biggest wrestling fan, but I am flanked by two people who are, and uh, Luke, who I grew up with, was is, is a huge uh, wrestling fan, my buddy Xair, so I'm surrounded by wrestling fans all the time, so I just, I gather information like osmosis. Well, my, I have two, like, uh ideas down the pipe one of one of which is made for tv movies would be a a great topic to do oh yeah and then uh either you know we all watch one episode of saturday night's main event or Mm. uh, clash of the champions Mm. or monday nitro like Mm. some old school 80s uh early 90s wrestling I am I am a hundred percent on board with that, and then we can obviously talk about the rock and wrestling cartoon as well, and and mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I am on board with both of those ideas. The uh, made-for-TV movie is because I can talk Langoliers, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, did you just say Langoliers? Oh, my God. Yeah. My heart. <laughs> I'd go Nick Knight. Oh. That's just because I'm a Rick Springfield fan. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> Good old Rick Springfield. <laughs> but, yeah, one of us could – you could do rock and wrestling cartoon. Diallo could do Saturday Night's main event, and I could do Clash of the Champions. There you go. Done. Just figured out wrestling. Done. So, boom. <laughs> coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. But before we jump into that, this episode is a sci-fi episode. Um, all the TV shows have a sci-fi sort of spin to them, and I dare I say all of them have something to say. Like I would, most good sci-fi usually does have something to say, but boy oh boy, all two of these three shows were ahead of its time, I'd say, and then one show comes from the the freaking master Gene Roddenberry. So we have uh, we have some big big topics uh, to discuss, but we will go in this order. Zach will walk us through Other World from 1985. It was one season. Uh, then I will talk about Space Above and Beyond 1995, one season. And then Diallo will bring us home with Earth, Final Conflict, 1997, uh, five seasons uh, for this one? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay, now, I don't know how obscure it is, but I, I think at this point, and we've kind of mentioned it before, I feel like we kind of look at it through a lens of right now, like meaning like not too many people are talking about Earth Final Conflict anymore these days, and I, I think there's other shows that will pop up um, on TV Obscure that have like five or six seasons, mainly because nowadays they're obscure. So you know, that's at least that's in my head canon. Um, well, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why it's obscure now. But we'll get into it. Okay, okay. I mean, it's obscure to me because when I when I, when you mentioned, I was like. Holy crap! It's it's it flooded me with those uh, you know uh, late '90s nostalgia of seeing on you know the ads for it and everything. So yeah. I was like, oh man, I remember this one. But uh, before we get there, before we get there, woo, 1985, Other World, a show that I have never ever heard of. But after watching the pilot, boy, am I on board for <laughs> Zach? Take us to the alternate dimension. Oh, boy, buddy, boy, buddy, boy, y'all in for a treat. Diallo knows this one really well just because he he went down a rabbit hole with it fairly recently. But, um, yeah, the uh, the 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 reason I brought this one to the table, uh, short little quick backstory was, uh, you know, I do pretty extensive research on celebrities, actors, performers when I make these little birthday collages for uh, two dollar late fees Instagram post and. I was doing one for Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks, who most people know nowadays as uh, Mike from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But uh, besides that, if you go way back into his early 80s career, you know, he was in 48 Hours and he was in Beverly Hills Cop. And he was in a little TV show called Otherworld, where he plays the lead villain, Kroll. Um, This show ran for only eight episodes on cbs in 1985 in fact if you go on youtube uh they someone did compile all eight episodes but there is one version of the pilot episode that's available that still has the commercials from cbs in los angeles from 1985 oh no that's not Um, the one i watched oh i wish i watched either oh man (laughs) yeah and i i meant to send that one to you guys uh if you just do a 
random search of episode one, it'll come up. It, it, it's marked as 56 minutes, so okay. that'll give you an idea. Yeah. Of, okay. uh, but man, it, it is, it, talk about a way back machine. It takes <laughs> you back to like Ford is all over Sunday nights. And then it, there, there's promos for Airwolf. There's promos for cover, uh, cover up. Yeah, yeah, cover uh, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that one. I didn't realize that that show actually ran after um, uh, Mark Allen, er, Mark Eric uh, uh, Hexum died. Uh, they actually replaced him with somebody else yeah. and then continued to run the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a promo for that. I'm like, oh, well, I know that actor. Oh, I know that actor. Great commercials, uh, really funny stuff. So I highly recommend people go check out that 56 minute episode of the pilot to Otherworld. Uh, but Otherworld centers around this family, the Sterlings, who are like explorers, basically. Um, and and they're in Egypt, and they go into a pyramid, and the, the pyramid mysteriously transports them into another dimension. And the basis for all eight, all eight episodes is each episode that kind of centers around them being in a new area of this new of this dimension and having to get out for some reason uh their lives are in peril in the opening episode um the 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 family uh runs into uh literally runs into kroll who's like this villainous uh general for like this overlord army that's basically watching over everyone in this in in this um you know world and they escape him wind up in this town uh Ray Walston from Mr. Hand fame and, and, um, uh, lost in space. I, I mer- uh, lost my in space. Martian. And well, no, no, my favorite Martian. Yeah. My favorite Martian. He, um, he, he has a cameo in this as well. And they assume the identities of these other people and they live in this town. Little do they know that all the people in the town or soon they find out all the people in the town are androids. And one of which is played by Amanda Wiss, who <laughs> Amanda Wiss, uh, of better off dead, Fast Time to Ridgemont High and A Nightmare on Elm Street fame um, plays the love interest of uh, Trace Sterling, who's the, the the son of the Sterlings, played by Tony O'Dell. Uh, Tony O'Dell is from the TV show Head of the Class. He's also a member of the Cobra Kai. <laughs> he is recently in the new series Cobra Kai, has a cameo in that. Um, oh, was he and, the one like, with the really... bald head? Is he the guy that has the bald head in the scene? In the scene? No, okay. Nope, he's got a full head of yeah, hair and pretty much hair. says nothing. Okay. Yeah, he, he didn't have a big role in the Cobra Kai, um, but he's mostly known for head of the class. I think people would definitely recognize. Oh, he was also in Chopping Mall as well. Um, but but yeah, he's probably the most well-known of, of the Sterlings. Uh, Sam Groom plays Hal Sterling. Gretchen Corbett plays June Sterling. And, and uh, Joanna Lee plays Gina Sterling. Um, relatively unknown to definitely unknown, probably to today's audience, uh, way back when these people were all over TV shows and, uh, various eighties movies, but nothing that really stands out per se. But what I love about this show and the reason I chose it besides the connection with, uh, Jonathan Banks, who I think is a phenomenal actor and what a career this guy's had, by the way, you know, to, to, to have a huge eighties career and then to go on and have like this resurgence now uh thanks to breaking bad and better call Saul just as an all-around badass just fantastic um this show is very uh uh it's got a synth wavy soundtrack which is phenomenal in my opinion it's very like trancers 
like Richard Band esque. Um, even though Richard Band didn't do the soundtrack for Trancers, but it has that kind of that 80s synthwave sound. Uh, the the story itself is really interesting because obviously they're trying to find a way to get back home in every episode, and um, and this one in particular gets intense because they realize that there's a, a level of radiation in this uh, in this little village, this forbidden in this zone that they're in, um, and that's why everyone in the in this uh, in this zone is our androids because they are not exposed to the radiation um so there's this cool dynamic like of, of tension there's a lot of tension in this episode which i love in in the 60 minutes of the uh, uh, of the show yeah it, i think it only ran for eight episodes because it it pretty much was way ahead of its time um people have called compared this to sliders in one yeah. sense yeah uh totally. which i think is a cool connection because i i think sliders was a great show too maybe ahead of its time as well, perhaps. But the fact that this came out in 85, um, it was different from what was on TV at the time. I don't think, I can't think of anything that was quite like this. Um, it's aesthetically, it's got a beautiful look to it. They, they obviously film on, on, on back lots and sets. Um, apparently some of the original matte paintings uh, in the background were later used in Star Trek, the next generation, which is kind of a fun fact. Um, but I love this show, and, and, and it's worth just watching all eight. Um, I think, Diallo, you watched four or five of the episodes, right? And Yeah. I mean, I loved it. So that's my two cents about Otherworld. Otherworld, boom. Diallo, you, you liked it. You, it made you take a dive further into it. What, uh, what grabbed you about it? Yeah, I, so I actually, um, I think I mentioned it to you guys. I stumbled across this last year. Um, I had never, it was, it's a weird one because I had never heard of this show ever. Like, yeah, I ne- ever. Like, <laughs> it was, a, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, like, I'm, especially if it's sci-fi, I might have even heard of it or I remember watching it at some point, but I just, I've never heard of it. And I was looking at some of the, I guess we were looking at some of the other shows that we were kind of talking about. And I found this channel that had like a ton of stuff and I saw Otherworld and I was like, what's this? And for me as a comic book fan, Otherworld is like uh, kind of tied to Captain Britain. So I, it, it kind of drew me in to at least watch it. And um, I hmm. was like, I watched a pilot episode and I was like, what is this? like i just and and then i was looking at the uh because it was in 1985 it really like it blew me away that there was this show of this like imagination and this setup at the in this time you know um but i think um i think like what you were like you were asking like what drew me in i think it's just the um you know we like we again we always go back to this whole idea of um, but ahead of its time. And as I was watching it, trying to figure out what the show was, <laughs> I looked at, again, just how imaginative it was, like the premise and the concept of it. Um, it almost was like they just weren't ready to do what they needed to do with it in terms of like special effects or... Um, budget, like, maybe. But yeah. yeah, budget, how to tell the story. Because actually, one of the... There's a problem I have with... Not have with it, but there's a problem when it comes to how they uh, tell the story a lot of times. Um, but... Oh, there's narration. Are you talking about the narration? 
Well, yeah, the narration's part of it, but it's just they kind of like they're just they kind of get thrown into this world and then they're just like, oh, we're here, you know, um, we're going to get a house yeah. now. We're going to like, you know, just it, it was, it's kind of it's kind of weird, but I just went along with it. It's like it's like whatever. But I just I don't know. So there was information for them that they were throwing it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it was like. I, I was right there with you. I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, wait a minute. And But you're just like, you don't have enough time to even dwell on it because something else is happening. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of push I, it aside and go with the flow, you know? Yeah. I think there was like a passage of time, that too, that they didn't really um, go much into. That, that would kind of explain some of the reasons why they were in the positions they were in. But again, I didn't really. I didn't really care. I just really like it was just the whole idea of this imaginative other world that they were in and um it just there was just something about it that just like pulled me in like a year ago when i watched the pilot episode and then when <laughs> when zach brought this show up again i was like oh man i, I re actually remember seeing that so i uh i watched it and um again i was up i was, I was hanging out with my parents and we were supposed to be up in the in the forest doing stuff but the forest was on fire so i just watched a whole bunch of youtube and uh, <laughs> and I kept watching episode after episode, and I was just kind of I was dissecting it. I was watching their performances, um, kind of thinking about how they could do it better or different today. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely in that class of um, uh, like just a kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zach, I, Zach, I, you, I was gonna say yeah, Zach. You, were, you had something to say? Yeah. Before you before you chime in, Corey. Um, you know, there's when they get transported into the into the new dimension and and the way it's done is very dramatic, right? Where they come out of the they, they come out of water and like they're been, they've been birthed, so to speak. Yeah. And it's this really like slowed down, slow motion. The lighting is really interesting and in the in the synth track is like very tangerine dream esque. Mm -hmm. And it's very creepy in a way. And then suddenly they're, you know, walking like the Griswolds in the desert. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I know what you're saying about like the, the tonal shifts at times, uh, and, and, and the budget, like I'm a huge fan of like DIY, um, special effects where it's just yeah. so low budge, but they're just doing the best they can with what they got. And, um, and there's something charming about that too, in in a way where you yeah. just gotta believe it. Maybe it's because I spent five weeks like pretending that, you know, people with horns on their head were satyrs. But uh, <laughs> but but uh, to me, like that, I, I totally see that side where it, you're like, oh, suddenly you're accl acclimating to this new community and acting like everything's fine and nobody's questioning questioning it. Um, it is a trip, but yeah, that I just had to point out that birthing scene as they enter the new dimension. It's very yeah. trippy. Yeah, no, I loved that scene. I noted that. I was like, holy cow, this is really freaking cool. Um, yeah, I'll just say nothing could prepare me for that pilot. Like, Lake Yellow, <laughs> knowing nothing about You're it, welcome. never even heard of it. And, yeah, also Lake Yellow, like, I'm into sci-fi, so I'm at least aware of things. So having no clue about something, I was like, I have no idea what this is. But, yeah, this the concept, what, what they're trying to do is right up my alley. Um, as a comic book reader, this all feels familiar to me now, but, you know, I, I think that, like, as a show back in 1985 and probably the reasoning for some of the tonal shifts and the problems, uh, first off, 
everything that happens in episode one could be an entire season of something, or at least like a three-episode arc of a bigger show. Like, Easily. they had to do a lot in that first episode and, and absorb yes. a lot. And But yet, you know, a lot of cool crap happened in it. But at the same time, you got to figure, like, now, you know, yes, the show will come, a show will come out about time, you know, jumping across, uh, you know, uh, dimensions and you have you can look at quantum leap you can look at sliders this show didn't have anything it could sort of look at and be like oh they did this right here let me yeah. do that they they were a trailblazer and again just in the first episode 44 minute episode i mean they're dealing with like do robots have you know a, a soul do, can they love yeah. <laughs> i'm like jesus christ this is it's some heady shit that they're trying to deal yep. with but at the same time you can tell they're trying to be not quite as kitty as land of the lost but also not like a serious show you can tell they're trying to be all ages, but at the same time, they want to be doing something big. And yeah, you have this you have this villain who's fantastic. I mean, the first episode also has James Hampton from fucking Teen Wolf, uh, the dad yes. from Teen Wolf, you know? Yes. And yeah, that's right. And Amanda, Great cameo. And Amanda Weiss. Rest in peace. It's, it's just like, holy crap. It's like, and that this first episode's amazing. And yeah, it's just, but I, I you know. I get why it was only eight episodes for the time because, yeah, they probably didn't know where to, what to do with it, where to put it, uh, you know, who the audience was, um, you know, what the budget for this thing was because there's, like, not only are they in a – like, at least sliders, I feel like, you would go to a different dimension and it would just look like, you know, Earth. Here they are trying to make it as foreign and different as an alien planet in, like, Star Trek but on a budget that you can tell is not – that so i applaud them for for what they pulled off in this first episode and like knowing that like i mean this is it this was this was the whole story with the robots is over they're on to like something else in the next episode like holy crap like yeah that intrigues me to no end and like yeah. and I, I assume that you keep as you keep going you keep building the world and seeing what the world's all about and everything but it just it's such it's so cool. The best parts of the show is when they are the fish out of water and you're learning about this uh, like this other planet that's so foreign that you know to the point where like you know the guns are like you know they shoot their guns upside down and I'm like okay I, it's it's such a cool thing because it's like yeah hey we got our guns just have them upside down why not right because it's a whole nother universe they're doing things differently it's so dang cool i highly recommend checking this out uh and i would like to move forward with it the uh the video is not that bad quality wise um but it's but it's you know no. it's 1985 it's got some 1985 trashiness to it you know but that's okay it's what makes it charming yeah i think the i think <laughs> well, the I'll second you, I, oh yeah I think the second episode had um, it was actually pretty interesting because it was the uh, the older son. It was like they were in school again. It was like, how did you get into the whole education system and you living in this house and everything's fine? But um, neither here nor there. He had to like get a certain level of grades in order to stay in the school or something like that. And if he got he scored too low, he had to join their sort of like um, army corps. And it was the same yeah. army corps that was like chasing after them it was it was actually really interesting and it had like a lot of family dynamics to it and again it's actually it's it's crazy how that was all in one episode like you were saying Corey. like yeah that first the pilot episode could have been an entire season <laughs> like yeah, today yeah. today it yeah. would have been an entire season but uh yeah. that second episode still it, like it kind of it it 
it has this quality of like getting into the world, but that I don't know that they were really into doing that at that time. Um, but it did illuminate a little bit about kind of what was going on there. Um, so it was, a, it, again, it was, a, it, there's something about it that just was really fascinating to me and I wanted to find out more and, uh, yeah. you know, you're, you're never going to really find out what that is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's worth the journey for those episodes that they have. Yeah. There's uh it's, it's a shame because you feel like, you know, oftentimes with a lot of the shows that we watch, they, they say the same thing. Oh, if, if this could only have come out, you know. X amount of time later, or if this could have come out when, you know, that, that, that would have been, we, we would have had multiple seasons or something. Right. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately we only got the eight, but the eight are really cool. Um, I do want to point out just because I, I think it's worth noting, uh, Thomas Newman, uh, this move, this show had three composers and one of which was Thomas Newman. Now I didn't watch the end credits of the, uh, of the episode and that's, typically where they because the music wasn't listed in the in the in the opening but um he i feel like he could have done the music for the first episode potentially Mm -hmm. thomas newman's one of my favorite composers because he scored real genius which i think is one of the best um underrated film scores for a 80s movie uh and then sylvester levey did the did six episodes and he did the uh, music for um cobra and uh, Howard the Duck, he at, helped out for, and uh, you know did some music on Carlito's Way and Boogie Nights. Oh, nice, nice. But anyways, Thomas Newman, Thomas Newman um, makes sense because that this just feels, you know, he has a very synthy kind of with a guitar background too. So, anyways, and I just I also want to point out that um, the mom June uh, Sterling, played by Gretchen Cor- Corbett Corbet. Um, she actually was in the new movie uh, Pig with Pig? yeah with um, uh, uh, Nicolas Cage, and I haven't seen it yet, but it's been getting a lot of really good reviews. So oh, it'll probably pop up on my radar at some point, uh, and I would like to watch it. But yeah, so she's still working, and she's in some big stuff. So good, good for her. Yeah, she was a regular on Magnum PI, I guess, for a while, and uh, Rockford Files. So there you Bang. go. Yeah. yeah. Two two awesome shows right there. Yeah, dude. She's Otherworld, good. Man. I mean, the the whole dynamic with her um, getting sick in the first yeah. episode. Yeah. And the radiation, and the threat that they have to get out of there before they all start dying, and Amanda Wiss being the android that uh, that Trace falls in love with. You know, uh, and, I fell in love and, too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, she. <laughs> People forget. People forget about Amanda Wiss. I think sometimes that you know there's a reason why um, uh, in Better Off Dead, uh, Lane Meyer is you know a, obsessed with her uh, <laughs> when she breaks up with him and he wants to commit suicide throughout the whole movie, or uh, you know uh, she she dumps Judge Reinhold in uh, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then, of course, you know, she's uh, our buddy Jesu Garcia's girlfriend in Nightmare. She's the first kill. She's Freddy's first kill yeah, first in the kill. Nightmare series. Yeah. So. Arguably, probably still my favorite kill in the entire series. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Yeah. It is the best kill. It's the creepiest kill. It's the best kill. Yeah, yeah. F- followed yeah. up, my second favorite one is the homage kill in A New Nightmare. Yes, I would I I would agree with you. And and by the way, I'm just scrolling through the IMDb for this, man. John Aston was in an episode, yep. you know, Mark yeah, Leonard. You, uh, from oh, yeah, Star that's right. Trek. Yeah, Mark Leonard yeah, was, was in the, in the second or third episode, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, but of course, I mean, Jonathan Banks, like right out of the gate, like in the very first episode, the very first scene, the dude like just eats up the entire screen. You know what I mean with his with his presence, and you're just like, wow, yeah, yeah, he's always he's always on point whenever I see him on and anything. And he's ruthless. There's killing in this. There's like it's of course it's android killing, so they they can get away with it, quote unquote. But uh, it's ruthless, brutal killing. Uh, in this in this in this show actually in the first episode it's pretty dark i mean it's a dark show yeah and i mean it's a dark show. not to mention the, the concepts they're dealing with is some some fucking like at this point in time in 2021 you would say it's like ancient alien shit i mean they're talking about like yeah. you know dimensional <laughs> travel you know through the yep. through the uh the pyramid when the stars align and you know the, the the society on the other side of the planet said people used to come through and actually like you know do things and then go back to their planet as like kings and stuff and it just was like, yeah, yeah it, and this was before, like, Stargate and stuff like that, you know? Like, Jesus, I, I can only imagine the people at Stargate, in the back of their head, somebody had to have, like, watched this at some point, you know? And Oh, like, yeah, totally. With idea. the Egyptian? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. But, yeah, you're 100% right. The the When they, like, get birthed in the next world in the water scene, and it's all, like, slow motion and everything, that was, that was actually really – it was, you know what it was? It was filmic. It was it was a shot and a scene that I would expect to see in a movie, not mm-hmm. on 1985 TV. <laughs> yeah, because like Diallo was saying, like you know, in one minute, one minute they're having like a sitcommy kind of conversation, and it's very silly and jokey and joke. I know you didn't say that Diallo, but I was just kind of vibing off it. The yeah, tone, no, the tonal shifts are weird. Yeah, that's definitely what I was thinking. Like at the opening sequence when they're in that like yeah. the cafe or the outdoor cafe or whatever. Like you said, they're having this kind of jokey quippy back and forth family thing like oh johnny you're so silly you know that kind of stuff and then the next yeah. thing you know they're yeah. it's like dark and mysterious and then they're out yeah. after that they're walking in the desert like here we are <laughs> so. or, or the or the next scene uh, uh amanda weiss's uh nova character shows um you know trace like where her soul is she points to like this like dot that's on like a giant grid of like these all represent other androids and she's like that dot right there that's my soul like and then she says something like where's yours or show me yours and he like he can't and i was like that's when i was like jesus this show is really trying to say something (laughs) and like you know like have like just some it's trying to have a conversation but you know i don't think that the world was ready in 1985 for that kind of a conversation not on TV. But the world was, the world was ready for that amazing montage that Trace and Nova had when they were falling in love with each other. That's amazing. <laughs> That's an amazing love montage where they're like, you know, experiencing new things together. It's very, it's very romantic for 1985. I love it. Well, he, I love that he, montage. He was a heartthrob. He, 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 was, he, was he def- sure was. Yeah, he like he he was he was falling in love with uh, quite a few or quite a few women fell in love with him um, in the episodes <laughs> that I watched. Yeah, <laughs> and hey, Trace is a cool name, by the way. Oh, I like yeah. Trace easily. <laughs> Short for Tracy, probably right. Probably, but actually, <laughs> not gonna lie, I, I like Tracy as a, as a guy name. I actually kind of like that name. There's an ape on the on the original Ghostbusters. The ape is named Tracy. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. All right. <laughs> Tracy Scoggins. That you Tracy know, Smothers. Yeah, Scoggins. 
Do you think that would show the the Ghostbusters cartoon, not the real one, but the other one? Um, do you think that you'll ever bring that one to TV Obscura? I I would love to. I love that cartoon. I think it's I, I love it too. I, love I that used cartoon. to watch it every morning. <laughs> Let's go Ghostbusters! Oh, the animation's so great! It's so great! It's so yeah. great! That's filmation, right? Anyways, yeah, filmation, baby, yeah. filmation. So you love yeah, your filmation. Uh, you know I do. So check out the uh, hour-long episode of Otherworld with the commercials. Do you remember the? Do you remember the the the? Oh God, they have a promo for Burger King and it's uh, or McDonald's and it's um. This guy, he was the puppet. He was like a ventriloquist with his, I think, Willie was his little uh, doll. Oh, uh, and, Willie uh, Tyler and Lester. Yeah, Willie Tass. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- they popped up. I'm like, oh, yeah, they were great. They were so funny. I don't remember <laughs> those commercials at all. I wonder if they were, oh, were they dude, West listen. Coast maybe? Like, did, they, did, does yeah. Mc, did McDonald's or Burger King ever do regional commercials or were they always nationwide, do you think? Hmm. I think, I think they were always nationwide, but I don't know. Okay. I have I wouldn't know because I you know I was mostly in West Coast, so I wouldn't so, really know. You're telling me I'm, you don't know the background history of the marketing campaigns for McDonald's from the '80s, Diallo? God damn it! I, I do know. Shows? I remember when um, McRibs came out, and I, I remember they were <laughs> oh. advertised. I remember seeing them advertised on the West Coast, but then I was on the East Coast that summer, and I saw McRibs there so <laughs> all right <I> love- <laughs> you have confirmed it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if you want to if you want a real trip down memory lane watch that episode because man there's some stuff that pops up and you're just like oh my god the ford escort used to be considered a sports car back in the day <laughs> oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite Anyways. thing on YouTube is to watch commercials from different eras. And uh, well, it's, here's it's the thing: the I used to edit out all the commercials. I, I wish I had not yeah. done that. Yeah. No, those are now the best ones are the ones that didn't have the commercials edited out. Yeah, if only, if only we, if there was a time machine, I would do two things: one, I would save all my VHS tapes, and two, I would just be taping TV constantly just to put it on YouTube. You know, thirty years later. <laughs> those are the two things those are the two things yeah, those, those two, those two. <laughs> that's what you'd squander your ability Every, everybody's always <laughs> like i would buy two. apple <laughs> <laughs> then i would amass a fortune and then i would keep space above and beyond on the air past the first season that's what i would do guys and gals space above and beyond another what show a, what a segue what a segue. Another show. <laughs> what that, a segue. It's almost like I'm a professional or something. Uh, another, yeah. another show that was ahead of its time and, uh, yeah, got got lost way too soon before they could kind of probably hit their stride. But what's there is essentially one season, uh, 24 episodes, a full season, came out, uh, Space Above and Beyond came out in 1995, aired from September through June on Fox. It was created by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. They're famous for uh, co-writing a bunch of X-Files, uh, you know, uh, episodes. That's kind of sort of, I don't know how they got their start, but that's kind of like, you know, their, their claim to fame to begin with. And then James Wong went on to write and direct Final Destination 1 and 3, and then also yep. uh, The One with Jet Li. And then Glenn Morgan directed the awesome 2003 Willard with Crispin Glover. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, good for him. So the show takes place 
uh, in the year 2063 and centers on the United States Marine Corps 58th Squadron of Space Aviator Calvary. Uh, the squad is both uh, infantry and pilots, and their pilots flying the SA-43 Indo-Exo Atmosphere Attack Jet. Clearly, I, I enjoy, like, all the tech crap about this uh, show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you basically, uh, so in this time, um, Earth, space is, you know, we're, we're starting to colonize planets uh, through, we don't have faster than light technology, but there's, like, these wormhole things, uh, so we can kind of, like, colonize some planets. We send a, the first colony colony out there it gets wiped out by this alien race but we kind of don't know what happens send another colony out there but um later but this new team that goes out to to start you know another colony has a connection to one of the main characters but we'll get to that in a second then this colony gets attacked as well and then we find out that there's these aliens called the chigs and they're humanoid looking uh very cool design and uh but we don't know you know why they're fighting us it's something that they they sort of discover and examine through the course of the show and then we follow essentially a you know a squadron of these of these characters there's probably there's about four or five main characters and then filled out with, you know, another 10 or so, uh, uh, you know, background squadron people that can kind of die on episodes and everything. So it follows uh, Nathan West, played by Morgan Weiser, uh, Shane Vinson, played by Kristen Clock, Cloak, who is uh, married to Morgan uh, uh uh, Glenn Morgan. She's Glenn married Morgan. to Glenn Morgan. Yeah, and I, had a, by the way, I had a huge crush on her on this show. Uh, oh, yeah. Then Rodney Rowland plays uh, Hawks, and then uh, a couple of the the uh, second tier is Joel de la, Joel de la Fuente is Lieutenant Paul Wang, and Lonnie Chapman is Vanessa, Vanessa Damphouse. Um, but you you might recognize Rodney Rowland. Uh, he's in The Walking Dead. He plays Baxter on The Walking. Dead dead series uh which i have yep. not watched in a while so i have not seen that um Kristen, uh, uh uh sorry cloak uh who i again had a huge crush on she was also in uh, final destination she was in millennium uh she was in the the 2006 black christmas remake but we won't talk she about played, that uh, <laughs> she played his husband or the wife to uh, on millennium didn't she play the wife to uh what's his name yes lance henderson lance henderson yeah lance i believe henderson. so yep, yep. Right. i love that show great show oh man yeah, that was, a, that was a Great, fantastic show. Underrated show. Um, so and good. so this came out in 95. One thing that kind of drew me towards it is the ultra-realistic design and portrayal of things. Uh, you got to figure this was prior to stuff like Halo, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboot, the the show that Diallo and I just, we, we bonded over, we loved. It's funny, we actually kind of bonded over our mutual uh, knowledge and love for Space Above and Beyond. Yeah, no, and totally. they were like, hey, we should watch uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. But one thing that I just, I loved about the show was it, it, it tried to have a very like strong military uh, theme to it. It tried, it wasn't hokey it didn't try to be over the top like the space carriers aren't fancy they look like something the military would design the the spaceships that they fly the hammerhead jets are amazing looking they're really cool they but the the thing is like they're not like you know ion propelled or whatever like when they have to do like hard banking turns they have these like little thrusters that kind of shoot them to the side and everything i think they do it better in battlestar galactica but this was like this was way before that and i guarantee you a lot of what you saw in battlestar galactica 
they they had conversations about space above and beyond. They they had to have, you know, they had to have been like, we want to go for this sort of look, this sort of realism, because their armor, their space armor looks really freaking cool, but also practical. Like it doesn't look like flashy or anything. It looks like something the military would probably come up with. And then it's like so far in the future that the the show is set that it's like we've already had like a war with the AI like a whole nother a whole nother TV series would have been like that's the TV series but here we're past it we're past the war with the AI people <laughs> but it works its way into into the story and there's still like AI uh, uh, you know components in it um, not a part of their team but but there's like they encounter other AIs later uh, and then the AIs are actually kind of done really neat because they didn't just like like overtake us because they saw the flaws in humanity. They over, they kind of rose up because they were giving one simple command, which was take a chance, just take a chance. Like that, they were giving it like this like command to do that, which is basically gives them these gut feel. It's interesting. It's it's an interesting concept, and I, I implore anybody to look into this show further if this sounds interesting to you. But we also have another like again from that AI war. We had these uh int- like these test tube babies that were born, almost like uh Star Wars clone troopers essentially, and they yeah. they're they're grown, they're birthed as like teenagers, and now like. And now because of this past history, uh, they call them tanks, you know, like because they were born in tanks and everything and and whatnot. But because of this like sort of past animosity towards them, the people, the regular people, you know, are, are, you know, prejudiced towards them on the squad. And this one guy tank, you know, this one tank Hawks has to prove himself. I mean, there's so much awesome stuff happening, Uh, you know, social commentary going on. But at the same time, it, it maintains this steady action you know and 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 this intrigue we have the main character west is looking for his girlfriend you know we have another character uh uh, cloak who you know vanessa she's uh she's like trying to kind of reconnect with her parents sort of like they all have arcs the cool thing is every character on the show has an arc and it's all backed up by freaking awesome action and and you know space action whatnot oh and then probably downs the biggest downside truthfully is the CGI. It's, I mean, guys and gals, it's 1995 TV CGI. If you can look past it, which I think we all can, I know the three of us can, and I think you just, just look past it, you know, but it's probably the worst part of it. But they, they do do a good job of inserting a lot of practical stuff in there, and especially, uh, uh, you know, inside the cockpit of the ships and all this kind of stuff. And it's really cool. I, I love it. Hey, everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there. I'm ADL Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The Winter Tell is almost here. And now, back to the show. 
Diallo, I know what you think of the show. Zach, what what did you think of it? When did you know about it before before we watched it for TV Obscura? I did. I knew about both of these shows prior to you to picking them, but this was a really weird stage of my life when I wasn't really watching a whole lot of TV. And if I was, it would just purely be movies. Um, I don't know why. It was just I was going through this phase. I was just like, I think the, I was watching movies and wrestling, movies and wrestling, movies and wrestling. That was it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I missed this. Uh, I'm bummed that I did because I wish I would have watched it back then. Before I go into my gush about the show, I just want to point out a couple things. One, um, Charles Martin Smith directed a few episodes. And if you don't know who Charles Martin Smith is, uh, he is a director as well, but he is an actor. Uh, he was in American Graffiti, The Untouchables, Starman, The Experts, um, Deep Cover, which is another a big movie that I love with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. He's a cop. Um, the ec- right, Trick or Treat, <laughs> Never Cry Wolf. Um, the guy you would recognize the guy if you saw him, but he directed three episodes of uh, of the show, and um, so that's a big deal for me because I think he's awesome. He's just a, a really talented, talented director and actor. Oh, in, in but, the Untouchables, uh, he's the little guy with the ground glasses. Yeah, yeah. He's like the minute you see him, you'll yeah. know exactly who he is. Holy yeah. shit! Okay, so he directed yeah. some episodes of this. Oh, that's awesome. He did, and then um, someone else directed six episodes of this show named Thomas J. Wright. Um, you might think, why would I be bringing him up? Well. It's kind of fitting that I'm bringing him up right now because we did open the show talking about wrestling and he directed No Holds Barred, uh, which I think is awesome. And he did direct an episode of Otherworld. (laughs) Oh, it's like full circle. That's that's all. That's awesome. And uh, not to take away from the awesomeness of that, but he also directed some episodes of Alias, which is an awesome TV show as well. Yeah, so uh, not that we'll cover Alias, but Alias is an awesome show. But yeah, he he's he's uh, he's been around. The fact that he directed Otherworld and uh, neither of us knew that connection—that's uh, pretty awesome. So <laughs> I just love that. Um, yeah, but but back to the show. I, I think the show, the concept's great. Uh, the cast is awesome. I watched just the pilot, and I want to watch more. The pilot's like an hour and a half long, so. At first, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be hard to get through because there's just like a lot of talking in the beginning. And, and like it was obviously setting up very smartly written, but I wasn't prepared to like sit down and watch a 90 minute pilot. But if I broke it up into two parts, I definitely would have like I would have been like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I, I love the fact that this show has as many episodes as it does have. And I want to keep going with it. The concept is brilliant. And and it just goes to show you i i remember when this came on on fox and i was kind of surprised because i was like oh shouldn't this just be like a syndicated show because i felt like the cool shows were the syndicated ones you know (laughs) at the time and but the fact that this got well it because it had the x-files guys behind it and anybody associated with the x-files could do no wrong at that time at that time x-files was on fire um i love the even though to us they're not unknowns but i think to just general public it's a a bunch of relatively unknown actors at a time when the cast people were already beefing up their television casts with people that you knew you know at least you threw one or two people in there you're like oh i know that guy from you know 
general hospital or whatever. I don't know. Well, that's why Arlie Anyways, Emery I, was in the was in the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Like he had to have one guy, right, to yeah. to kind of draw you in, and which is fine. But I like that it was relatively unknowns, people that I'm like, okay, this feels a little bit more realistic to me in a way. Yeah. You know, you're not just playing a character. Um, I want to watch. I want to continue to watch more of it because, you know, the the idea of the aliens, the alien beings, and looks so badass and i actually think that the special effects are pretty damn good for its time um yeah. you know yeah and the, the probably the show that fantastic. was like the, the yeah the the costume designs are absolutely top notch like like movie level designs you know totally totally so i'm glad you brought this show to the to the table because obviously honestly i would have just forgotten about it yeah um because there's because so, while why our show will continue to go on for many many years there are so many shows out there <laughs> that can be easily overlooked and this is definitely one of them easily overlooked but shouldn't be overlooked if you're a fan of science fiction well um, if if i was living close uh, to you guys we would all be watching it because i do have the I'm, I'm holding it up on the screen i have the box set i have the complete series on dvd i think i picked this up probably about Ah, shit, at this point, probably years 10 ago. years ago or something, yeah. you know. But uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I I've, I've, I think when it first came out, I didn't watch the entire uh, series because, yeah, it was like 1995. I was like a, a junior in high school. So, like, you know, you're not always around every whatever it was, Friday or whatever, to watch it. So I didn't actually get to watch it until the whole thing, until I got the, the DVD box set. But then again, I haven't I haven't seen it since, uh, since 10 years or so. Um, Diallo, this was one of the, the first sort of things we bonded over and one of the uh you know one of the the points that you would always make which was you know fox yeah get, you know they, they they cancel a lot of shows but they also green light a lot of like high concept you know genre shows and this was one of them so i yeah. always i always remember that i always have your voice in my head anytime i want to get <laughs> mad at, at fox yeah <laughs> echoing in there but uh what, what's your what's your take on space above and beyond buddy yeah, Space Bubble and Beyond, like I, you know, obviously when you, I think when you first brought it up years ago, it is in that uh, obscure kind of category because yeah, it had that one season, not a lot of people ever really talk about it, but it was just yeah. so like, you know, I think I, I said to you um, this past week, like we talk a, a lot of a, a theme of this show is that, you know, uh, it was ahead of its time, but I think space above and beyond is like the king of that like <laughs> yeah. it's just like if you're gonna like this is the 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 peak of before it's time is this yeah. show um and yeah. as i was watching it the the past few days like you know i was like man this show is like literally well with, with like the script just would need like a little tweaks here and there but it could easily be on tv right now like um, you know, and I'm, I'm watching, um, I think I mentioned to you, like watching The Expanse and other um, shows like that. Um, I just did a watch of that this past like few months. And this show could easily sit right next to that show today. Um, it's just, it go, it gets so deep into like 
like psychology, the PTSD of soldiers. It 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 had this um, element of um, the effects of war, the um, how they related to the enemy. The enemy was this mysterious like cipher that they didn't know why they were fighting them. Um, but as it comes out more and more, some tables get flipped, and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you know, when I think about like. Uh, things I've watched in my life that have an, that have had an impact on me. I think we talked about this years ago, Corey, but like that finale, the finale, just like, I remember watching the finale back then and it just like, it did me in. <laughs> like it totally yeah. did me in. And I actually watched it again today. I, I watched the first couple episodes and I just skipped to the, the last episode because I just, I just had to watch that finale again. And, and it's still, it like, it just, the, the last shot just like, it does me in every time. And it's just such a, it, it, you know, like, like it's ahead of its time, not just in terms of like, uh, you know, it being a sci-fi show, but it's just the subject matter of it or the approach to it. Um, again, Battlestar Galactica really was able to to kind of dig deep into that. Um, it was deep in character. It was deep in like lore. Uh, there was there was a direction that they were going to head into. I'm sure if it had been able to go past the first season. Well, actually, um, uh, they they when they originally i guess pitched it or whatever but it's it's bible it's plan was for five seasons they had a five oh, wow. season Jeez. like bible roadmap uh ready to go so wow. and, but, and i think by the end uh, from what i understand from what i was reading i think on wikipedia or something uh i think when they were writing that or creating that last episode i think they knew that it wasn't going to be yeah. coming back so i think they they kind of like some some threads that they 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 were trying to pepper in earlier i think they kind of just let go and then kind of just positioned a few things to be like, well, if this is the end, you can sort of extrapolate outwards. But yeah, they did leave you with that big bomb of yeah. like what the what the um the the in, the aliens look like because it's they do a great job of like you never see what they look like underneath. And then when yeah. they encounter that one alien that helps them, you think he's just a completely different species, and you don't know it's the entire time it's the same species yeah. that's against them. You know, it's yeah. wild. Wow. Yeah. Did, it was... did the uh, is the last episode a a does it like it does it put a button on the show it, it, no nah, it's not. not at all <laughs> yeah not it's, at it's all. not the it's not the biggest cliffhanger in the in ever made but at the same time okay. it's yeah it would they were they were still going to be trying to be going forward with it you know yeah oh, bummer but it's just bummer. like it's the way it's like it's not it's not quite a cliffhanger but it's it's kind of open-ended but at the same way it closes the door and like yeah. it's i don't okay. it's like you have to see it like you know you just have to see and there's just there's there's some stuff that happens in that last shot just like it, it always gets me and it got me today and i was just like man this is this is heavy you know um and it's just it's such a such a good show and like i was thinking you know if i um ever somehow become a showrunner uh, <laughs> you could like I would easily like I would like to I was thinking about how to continue the show and you could like pick it up um, years later um, and with a new crew and kind of have some of the old crew appear and keep the show going and keep it because it, it's a show that could exist today like it easily yeah. could exist today it would 
an Amazon, yeah. Netflix, whatever. Like there's nothing there's nothing about this show that people would turn off to, you know? Yeah. Um, and even if so, when you watch it now, like like you one of you guys said, it just it looks like like the designs of things, like it looks like you could see it on TV now. If it wasn't in four by three aspect ratio, yeah. you could almost picture it like on TV now because the the ship designs were, were super cool. Um I liked how their cockpits could detach and then kind of rise up and that's like the hangers were just like the the cockpits yeah, cool. which yeah it was yeah. it was it was a it's like it's such an awesome like budget thing like cool we don't have to make right, a yeah. bunch of different hammerheads but at the same time well yeah that makes sense too because like if the ship was coming in and it was on fire you could sort of eject out and then all that those problems could be contained down below you know I was like I was like I like that it makes sense and then I also like you get to see like their space armor they have like they have the you know the 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 fully pressurized suit version and then they have like if they go to a world that actually has uh, air it's still like the same kind of armor but it's like a little bit different and the helmet's not there you see i love shit like that like you see in starship troopers how sometimes they'll have their long sleeved fatigues on and then when another planet they go to they have the the short uh, you know the black t-shirts on under their armor because it's like a warmer planet i get a huge yeah. kick out of seeing variations in in these armors and I think that's it's such a it's just a cool attention to detail that like you know they don't have to do but they do because this show was if anything this show was chock full of detail and uh, right down I know you guys saw it in the first episode in the pilot like even that police car when the, when the tank when Hawks you know is getting chased oh, yeah. down yeah like, how cool was that looking like that Mad Max looking police car yeah. so cool and, and it, I, I think that they probably had a pretty decent budget. You yeah, know, for and what, for what they had at the time, that's what you know. Um, it, it just seems like I know there's 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 so much content that can be produced right now, and you have all these shows that already ha- have like a template, and and you know suffered purely because there was wasn't an interest then, but there's definitely an interest now. So yeah. reboot this stuff or yeah. just, you know, continue it or continue. Con- yeah. It. And continue yeah. it. And then like, you know, I'm playing games like halo and playing games like XCOM, man. I, I see that armor design. Like I'm an armor file. I can see what artists do. I know <laughs> so many people watched this show and it like left like a, an imprint on their mind. And like a lot of people say, Oh yeah, you know, halo, it, it, a lot of the, the Marines and halo, it looks like uh, colonial Marine stuff. I was like, I'll push back and say, I think they actually, it's a combination of colonial Marines and space above and beyond. And I wouldn't Mm. be surprised if you asked some of the people who designed like the very first Halo game, if they watched space above and beyond, I guarantee you some of them will say, yes, I did. And I loved it. Oh, hell yeah. There's so many influences there. But yeah. that's that's not a bad thing. That's a no. good thing. It, admit that you're inf- influenced by shit. Don't pull exactly. a Tarantino. Be like, no, that's <laughs> You know, the the uh, special <laughs> effects. Like, <laughs> I just love, how, I just love yeah. how easily he just slid Tarantino under the bus. <laughs> totally. He's like, like, Tarantino's just walking next to us, and Zach just slides him under the bus right away. <laughs> I think um, I think he can take it. That's why I do it. Yeah, I think his money he, can take. He's it. got so much money, he doesn't care what we think. But yeah, the, if this was Family Guy, if this was Family Guy, we'd have a cut to him with his headphones on, listening and crying silently to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, DL, I've cut you off like three times now. Hey, you know. <laughs> um, no, the, you know, with the special effects, again, yeah, like, I, when I was watching it, I definitely, it definitely felt dated. 
And I told you I'd give you like a little context <laughs> to mm-hmm. it. Um, and and um, admittedly anecdotal from my exposure and memory of watching certain things around that time. But that was, I think, Space Above and the Beyond, Space Above and Beyond was um, one of the first shows that did um, computer animated effects to that degree on television. Yeah. Um, I know that there was, it had been on other shows. I think um, there was a, a, my Alexa's talking. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's like playing space above and beyond right now. (laughs) Alexa, don't play space above and beyond. (laughs) Don't play. But but Um, please play space above and beyond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, what was it say? Oh, yeah. So like um, uh, Babylon 5, I think, was one of the first shows to kind of like make an attempt at it. But um. But like to the degree that it was, and I think like um, like right this because this show was around ninety five, and I think it was Deep Space Nine and around ninety seven or so when I never it was like the the season the season five finale there was like a large fleet of star Starfleet ships coming toward the uh, the space station and. It was like one of the first Star Trek shots where it was like like a CGI fleet because it always had mm-hmm. been models and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So like this was being done before that. Um, and so like, yeah, it's a little dated, but it actually was pretty ambitious for like the time. And so yeah. just, you know, again, I wanted to, I wanted to give it a little bit of context because, like, again, it's so easy to just kind of like like you know toss it aside and say it's not up to par but actually for the time it actually like they weren't even really doing it to that extent in in a lot of films really so and and i think maybe that's why the cgi is, is so startling is because the rest of the show holds up so incredibly well uh yeah. you know yeah. themes writing acting like it doesn't feel like a mid-90s tv show it feels like a 2021 tv show and then you see the cgi and you're like oh my god but but you're, you're 100 correct yeah like if you take it in the context of when it was and when it came out what it was like the processing power that it would needed that you know mm-hmm. to to run these things i mean it's 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 insane to to create these visuals and at the time I remember thinking they were amazing, but yeah, I think it's the juxtaposition of how well the show holds up is what makes the CGI look like lower. But I don't think that mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should, should bar it from from seeing. You know, it shouldn't bar anybody from seeing it because I think it it the show as a whole is fantastic, and I think it deserves to be watched and and seen. It's no, uh, it's no Last Starfighter. It is. It is no vomit hair mountain that is their base. Uh, that is their base on Last Starfighter. Vomit hair Man, mountain. I, I love. I love that movie so much. But I would love for them to just redo the CGI. Just you know yeah, what I mean. I'd like the just, same thing. <laughs> just re- I don't give a shit. Just redo everything exactly the same. Just redo the CGI. And you can do it in the era style, like they did that sure. for those Star Trek, uh, the yeah, original yeah. series. They did. Redid like, it and all, it looks yes. yeah yeah and, and and that was my I, I that's I watched that on Netflix and I actually like it I think the CGI yeah. and the thing is they don't change the shots it's the same shot they don't change the flow of anything they just replace the model with CGI just do that for Last Starfighter please. yeah please <laughs> please do it yeah please oh man all right well here we go last up 1997's 
Earth Final Conflict, Diallo, who created this show? Some guy named uh, Gene Roddenberry. Uh, who? Gene Rodden who? Gene Rodden who? You're blowing this for us, Gene. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it uh, aired from 1997 to 2002. It actually, um, so it was created by Gene Roddenberry. It was originally called uh, Battlefield Earth, I believe. Um, Wait, like the... The John Travolta movie? Yeah, it was like Battlefield Earth. And then when um, they went into production, they changed it because that move, the Travolta movie was coming out and they didn't want to get it confused uh, with it. Uh, so that they, so they changed call. it to Earth Final <laughs> Conflict. Yeah. It was good. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was really good. it was really good that they didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> not not going to lie, uh, Battlefield Earth is, a, is an awesome title, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. I I heard that movie's actually not that bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's got Richard Tyson and Forrest Whitaker in it, so come on. Yeah, sure. Sure. Forrest Whitaker hams it up in that movie, but he actually he he hams it up just as much as in as in Rogue One. As in Rogue One, which which (laughs) I love. And and Black Panther. I just watched Rogue One last night, and I love Saw Gerrera. Bugalit. Borgullet will know the truth. <laughs> and 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 he does the same thing in Black Panther. I just watched it. Oh man! Just like, I'm like, dude. Oh boy. Never mind. Black Panther will know the truth. <laughs> Did you see the last the last King of Scotland? Like when he plays Idi Amin? Yeah. No. Like it's the same yeah, thing. Same I did thing. see that. Yeah. He's been doing. He's he's been doing that same like. Same thing ever since that movie. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, it's really kind of really interesting because after Star Trek um, was over, Gene Roddenberry had a bunch of shows that he had always was trying to push. Um, um, they always had this concept of either like aliens coming to Earth or um, there was one where he had, uh, I think it was called Genesis 2, where... Um, a man went into suspended animation and wakes up in the 25th century, and it's like a post-apocalyptic Earth. There was a, a which eventually became, and um, they redid it and became Andromeda. Oh, um, yeah. And that actually, oh, cool. and actually, okay. that premise was actually taken. And if you if you watch Star Trek Discovery season three, it's basically that same premise from um, Andromeda, which is from Genesis two, which. Well, which, um, the funny thing is, Andromeda connection uh, is Lisa Ryder in this in this show. She oh, was is on it? Andromeda. Yeah. The, oh, uh, wow. Boone's, okay. Boone's wife. Uh, she yeah. was on Andromeda, but I, I know her from Jason X. But that's okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Jason oh, X. That's how right. Dare yeah. You. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, John Saxon actually. Let's like, talk about TV movies. It, John Saxon was on the pilot of that Genesis two. Uh, it was kind of like Earth Two kind of uh, show okay. back nice. on like this late. I think it was like the late sixties, early seventies. I think it was the early seventies. Anyways, um, so there was there was sort of like an evolution. He was always trying to get those. There was another show called Quester Tapes. None of it ever ever really took off. Um, and they because they Paramount always wanted him to go back and do Star Trek, and eventually did the movies, and then Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, he passed away in nineteen ninety one, and his wife Majel uh, Roddenberry actually um started took his notes that he had for this show and went into production to make earth final conflict 
Um, and oh, the cool. first okay. season at least was a big enough hit so that they actually ended up taking his notes and then redoing Andromeda um, a oh. year later. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so they, t- okay. So it was like, okay, this is a hit. So we're going to now go create Andromeda as well. So now essentially there's two like post-mortem shows essentially yeah. happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah, his, this came out in 97. I think Andromeda was around 99 or so. I can't quite remember, but um, I didn't, I never actually watched Andromeda. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the, basically the premise is, um, in a not too far away, uh, earth, um, a race of aliens called the Talons come to earth and they basically just like, and you know, we always have these scenarios where the aliens come and they want to conquer us and, um, like, uh, the movie Independence Day. But in this case, they actually come offering us peace so they give us technology kind of make the world a better place everything seems good um they set up embassies all across the the world um and then there's um a group or actually so there's a a cop his name is william boone played by kevin kilner um kevin kilner aka the guy that's literally been in every single tv show ever ever he's been in every tv show ever made but my favorite guest spot that he's ever done was he played the dad in american pie 2 with the (laughs) scene with the walkie talkies and i don't know if you remember that scene um not gonna go into it it might not be safe for work (laughs) But I, and I just want to say too, he has the best uh, IMDb. Um, I I took this on my iPhone picture profile photo. It's it's clearly a recent one. Uh, it's great. The one where he's oh, just yeah. on the beach, on the beach <laughs> yeah. holding a yeah. glass of wine. His, his hair is like flown back. He looks like he looks like he's he like, just hey woke up. <laughs> he's hey got guys, his COVID mask on, so you know it was in the last year or so with his <laughs> glass of wine. And, yeah. Here's like here here's what being on every single TV show ever made will get you. hashtag residuals yo oh yeah anyway so he he um he's uh his uh there's a there's a a billionaire named jonathan doors who who's played by Corey loves knows who this guy was (laughs) (laughs) can i can i say it yeah go ahead yeah say it please david hemblin who played Lord Dread on Captain Power. <laughs> <laughs> also, another thing I, I didn't know, he, he was actually the voice of Magneto on the X-Men cartoon, which I actually did oh. not, I had oh, no idea. Cool. Fun and fact, he's been indeed. on a lot of other stuff. He's on um, Nick, uh, La Femme Nikita and a couple other things. But yeah, he um, gets assassinated. <laughs> Corey, Corey was upset by that. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, I, I was uh, I sort of was uh, live tweeting, but but just just texting Zach and Diallo as I'm watching the show. And yeah, I was like, hey, he's in it. It's, it's Lord Dread from, from Captain Power. And he's dead in the first 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> but, but, he, but he comes back. He comes back. But I was like, I was like, this is Gene Roddenberry's Game of Thrones. This is insane. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry's it, Game of Thrones. It basically turns out that he sort of like he's. Um, sort of faking his death because he wants to look into who these Talons really are. And he has established what's called the resistance. 
And what they do is um, it, there's a lot of cloak and dagger stuff going on, which is really intriguing. But they basically um, set up Boone to be an insider. Um, there are these implants um, called CVIs um, that are like these alien creatures that bond with a person and they take over their brain so that they follow the talons. Um, um, Majel Roddenberry, who's on the show, is a doctor and she does something to it so that he actually has his free will. So he so William Boone basically has to kind of like straddle the fence and figure out what's going on with the talons. But one of the things that's really intriguing about the show to me is that the resistance, um, the nature of the resistance and the nature of the talons is always really ambiguous. You never really know who's the good guy in either. Um, there's a there's a character, the main alien character in the first uh, like kind of half of the seasons is named Da'an, played by Lenny Parker. And um, Da'an is, uh, you get a sense that Da'an is good, but then maybe Da'an is bad, you don't know. Um, and they bring in another character later on called Zaor, um, who's almost definitely evil. Um, and uh, anyways, so there's, a, there's another... Um, agent that uh plays alongside william boone um named sandoval and he's um definitely sort of like the foil to uh william boone he's um sort of evil um there's a character named um one of this guy i really love his name auger um he's uh sort of like the hacker character there is um another character who's like a pilot um, she is played by, uh, I'm missing, oh yeah, Lisa Howard. She plays Lily Marquette and Lisa Howard actually was on Highlander, the series, which I, oh, I really yeah. love. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it's, it, it ran for five episodes. So one of the th- uh, five seasons, one of the things though about it that <laughs> I really love the first season, it's really a nuanced science fiction, um, cloak and dagger, Who's good? Who's bad? I don't know. We're trying to uns- we're trying to resolve mysteries. We're trying to see what the Talons are up to. Um, but behind the scenes, uh, I think I remember this at the time. I think um, there was a contract dispute with Kevin Kilner, and I think he was kind of like a a dick also <laughs> it, behind the scenes. So they actually ended up booting him from the show in the finale. So wow. then, yeah, so they they kill him off and they replace him with another character named Liam, Kin- Liam Kincaid, um, who's played by Robert Leshack. And that character, like once that happened, the nature of the show totally changed. And it, yeah, uh, they were always kind of rewriting it, trying to figure out what to do. Liam Kincaid was like half alien, half half human and he had powers and they just the show basically started to get really muddled so from season two to five it just deteriorated so at least i mean in the pilot you can tell that they were just really trying to set up boone to be the central point of of the viewer you know his his wife dies in the pilot one of the hooks to get him to sort of uh uh you know join the Talon team is that when he gets this uh, this implant, 
it also makes him smarter and and everything like that. But but mm-hmm. one of the things that it comes with is that he can live in his memories, so he'll never truly be without his wife. But even in the pilot, you find out that the Talons had something to do with like killing his wife. So you're like, yeah. okay, you're like, I, I you know, the, yes, it's like the elevator pitch is it's like V. But with a like more subtle, more like a bigger, longer game plan, and and I like the fact that it doesn't like just start with them landing. Like they've already been here for three years. I like that, and that's a, that's yeah. kind of like how Alien Nation sort of is like that, where it's like we're, yeah. we're not there at the beginning. We're there when everybody you know has been acclimated to it, which I think is much more interesting. Um, but yeah, you can tell that the elevator pitch was like uh, we're gonna do V. But we're going to do it the Gene Roddenberry way. We're going to do it this this very intriguing way, and you're never going to quite know who's like who's good or who's bad because at the end of the day, you know, aliens aren't human. No matter what, they're yeah. not human, and they're going to have different motivations than we have, and we're they're, you know we're not going to understand them. But like, I like how the Talons are also kind of like neutral. They weren't like male or female, and like they kind of yeah. really made her up to be. Uh, it's a female actor. But they made her up to be very androgynous looking and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So in the five seasons, is there a conclusion? Do, do they wrap it up or is this also left uh, hanging on the vine? Yeah, no, they definitely wrapped it up. Like by the time they got to oh, like cool. there were there were so many characters that died and left. And I think at some point, um, like the Liam Kincaid character who became the the uh, the lead ends up dying or going away. Um, the last season, William Boone comes back, even though they had killed him off in the first season. Um, and but by the time they got to the last season, it like it it flipped to this whole other thing going on. Um, there was these other creatures called the Atavis, Atavis, who um, were sort of like a melding of the Talons and this other race of creature. Um, it just, I mean, it was a mess by the time they got to the last, <laughs> the last season, basically, yeah. which is why, like, this is why I kind of say, like, this is definitely why, like, it, it's not obscure because it was on for five seasons, but really it's like the first season was like sort of pitch perfect, really good. And it just struggled from there on out. And like, it, which was reflected in like the ratings and, um, a lot of people that followed the show just kind of like gave up on it and the, the writers gave up on it and they just, they, uh, kind of like the waited it out till they got to the end. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like, I was really into that first season. Um, one thing that I really loved about it actually was the uh, score, the soundtrack, um, it was by an artist named uh, Mickey Urbe and Meribeth Solomon. Um, they actually got, uh, I think, nominated for an Emmy for the first se- for the first season of the show, and they won like a Saturn Award for one of the tracks. Um, oh, nice. Um, I actually have it. I actually had the soundtrack. Uh, I have it now. I l- I've listened to it over the years. It's it's sort of like this. Um, you know, it was around the time, like, you know, Enya and stuff was around Clenad. So it had, it's very, like, new agey, but a world beat, but it has kind of, like, um, a lot of hints of other stuff going on. So, yeah, it was just like, it was a, the first season was like a really nuanced um, sci fi kind of show. Like, you know, for instance, in the second episode, they actually um, resolve who actually killed Boone's wife. And it's a little bit more complicated than you like would think it was. Um, and it actually, and it's, it's sad, not just for him, but for the, the person that ended up killing 
um, his wife. So it was like a, I don't know, it's just like a very thoughtful, it was actually sci-fi. I like to call it contemporary sci-fi, where like all the settings and trappings of the world look like today. Um, they just had like some hints of uh, technology that were advanced. Like there's a scene where he talks about his buddy being in the war of 01, <laughs> 2001, <laughs> which I guess we were, we just got out of one that we started then, but, uh, the, the, but the forever war. <laughs> yeah. The forever war. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, it was, just, it was, a, it was a really great show. And, and ter- like, you know, we, t- we talk about again, uh, shows that uh, were ahead of its time. Like in this case, it was almost like, like it was perfect for its time, but it just couldn't figure out how to how to keep going after that first season. And I just feel like the potential that it had was kind of wasted. And I think that's why, like, I, I I have such high regard for at least that first season, and always kind of feel like, at ah, what if when I watch some of the later ones? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shoot it! It lasted five seasons that's insane yeah it's insane. And, and like i kind of like i remember yes. i remember tapping out at a certain point like like mid third or fourth season and then coming back in that last season because i knew boone was coming back and wanted to see how it was going to end and um but yeah it was on for a while all the way up until firefly came on the air <laughs> yeah i mean i i sorry Corey, i didn't mean to jump in but or, I guess I did because I did. Um, but, but it, 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 that pilot, I was captivated or I wanted to keep watching more when, when it ended. And I forget, I forget what the, uh, the line was, um, that they said to Boone, they're like, you don't know who you can trust or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, I like, I love that. Um, there was a VHS, um, choose your own adventure game that came out in the eighties called I Ro- uh, based on iRobot, mm. Isaac Asimov's iRobot. Mm-hmm. And it was a VHS thing, like f- fast forward, to this part yeah. or something like that. And um, I don't know the, el- the, the way it was kind of staged and, and, and element, the way it was laid out, like kind of the whodunit, you know, all these mysteries, like what's going to happen? Who do you trust? Who do you not trust? I love all that stuff. So, I mean, I was hooked. I, I want to watch more of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when this came out um, and I, I too watched the pilot on this one. Um, I totally forgot that it was Gene Roddenberry, you know. And yeah, I, I I thought it was very intriguing. I like all the things that they're that they are setting up. Uh, it's saddened to hear, you know, uh, disheartening to hear that it doesn't kind of come to fruition in the end. Because I, I think the things that they're trying to do with it looks pretty freaking awesome and and seems really cool. And I like the technology stuff that they're messing with because you know some of it's organic and everything. And yeah, yeah we've 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 seen that. Before before but then what i really liked was this idea that they that they use this virus to kind of make you the virus helps the 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 organic cybernetics like kind of merge with you but at the same time they also like makes you susceptible to kind of like the, the way they put it is like you know putting the the aliens needs sort of before yours like it sort of just changes your priorities but that's kind of it's such an intriguing idea because also you don't really know that it's happening to you and yes like boone takes you know they, they set it up it's like okay this doctor figured out like how to you know make so that, that it won't happen to boone right like but yeah. you don't ever i don't think really truly know because you don't really know if he's been so now at this point like you have this like this virus in you and what if it what if at one point the the you know the aliens have an idea that you're like oh 
I think that's actually a good idea. You're like, wait a minute, is that the virus or is that me talking? But you know, that's a, that's a crazy concept and a concept that's in 2021. Um, not, I'm not talking anything COVID, but we understand that viruses can change the way we think. Like we know so much more about viruses. So this idea that like you can also use a virus to do this thing where it's not trying to kill you, but it's changing you, you know, it's, it's very well, interesting. You're, you're, but it does apply to COVID right now too, because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, as far as that, the, uh, uh, the what's it doing to you? What, you know, yeah. it's going in your body. <laughs> yes, we're, yeah, yeah. It still de- definitely has uh, some painful uh, current <laughs> counterparts, but uh, yeah, oh. it's it's it's. But like you said, Dial, it's 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 a contemporary sci-fi. But I think it's it's sci-fi in the truest sense. And, and yes. Gene Roddenberry is is that kind of sci-fi writer where he uses these ideas to talk about bigger concepts. And you know, and I can only assume you know moving forward you know i'm sure they discuss like what it means to be human and you know all this kind of stuff and everything and that's we've talked about it before that's what good sci-fi does you know but no uh, doubt. No i doubt. i probably won't move forward with this one just because knowing that it doesn't pan out the way you know you want it to um but it it definitely was intriguing enough that i was like i i, I like what where it's going you know i like yeah. what it's i like what it's putting down you know i just i i wish that they stuck the landing you know Poor yeah Boone. it was um yeah like one of the things about you know that the the con like it's in the name of the conflict but that was one of the things that made the show work was that he had the, the there was like a conflict between the characters for much of uh, much of the show so again like you know this um uh the uh Jonathan Doors character who's the the billionaire um who's running the resistance has Boone in there as a sort of like a secret agent but Boone doesn't really trust him right so he doesn't know what what this guy is trying to get at but he also doesn't trust the aliens either um yeah. and then he has that he has the CVI in his hand which he's which is supposed to make him actually be subservient so he's constantly having to actually play that role which is actually which was one of the interesting um predicaments about the show like there was often times where he was trying to uns- uh you know trying to solve some mystery but then he couldn't like go all the way and get his way because he had to always serve the talons so it was like it was actually really it was again it was just, it was a really well done high-minded kind of high level first season <laughs> of it uh sci-fi it was it was really done really well and it just it sort of became um Let's get better ratings and dumb it down after that. Um, and mm. part of that came from just trying to have to scramble with the new actor and have this whole setup with the new actor um, and after killing off Boone. Um, but they still had really strong characters. Um, it's kind of like I put it in that same category that I, I personally dislike uh, Star Trek Voyager. Um, but the characters were actually really well done. And that's kind of how I feel about uh, Earth Final Conflict is like as much as I like don't necessarily like the plot of the show, I actually thought the characters were all done really well. So I still cared about like kind of what happened to them at any given moment. Um, so, yeah, Earth Final Conflict. Um, 
you if you ever get a chance to check out any of uh, Roddenberry's other older stuff, I I would uh, like you know kind of go down a little rabbit hole and find out what he was doing in between uh, what like 1969 and uh, like 1979 when <laughs> between uh, Star Trek the motion picture and Star Trek the original series last season. Like he did a yeah. lot of cool stuff that he was trying to get off the ground, and I think you know again. Oh, some of it was a, a lot more high-minded than I think like the world was kind of ready for. And he used a lot of his ideas ended up being in, say, like um, Star Trek The Next Generation, like uh, the Questor Tapes show. There's like a lot of stuff with artificial intelligence that sort of like ended up becoming what data, data became. Um, mm. And, you know, so... You, you almost wonder what Gene Roddenberry would be able to... To do nowadays when, you know, shows like uh, Raised by Wolves, you know, is out there oh, yeah. talking about some some heavy shit, you know, um, no spoil- spoilers or anything there. But that that gets into like A.I. and stuff like yeah. that. You almost that want- shows brilliant. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I've only seen the first episode. Uh, it's actually the next show I think we're going to watch. Uh, oh, I oh loved it. really? Yeah, I, I yeah, love the good. first episode. It was insane. But I, you also have to realize that we have shows like. Uh, raised by wolves because of people like Gene Roddenberry. Like, oh, the, as much as I would love to see what he could do now, we wouldn't have now if we didn't have him back then. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, one of the things about that is like, so Earth Final Conflict was, you know, 20, 22, 24 episodes or whatever. Um, and you brought up um, Raised by Wolves, and that was like six episodes, I think. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And then, yeah. like, you know, uh, the first season of Battlestar Galactica was like 13 episodes or 10, or, you know, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, like when you take into account the amount of episodes that yeah. they they had, they were sort of like forced to tell back then. It yeah. sort of makes sense why, like even the space above and beyond, like if that show had been like a, you know, 10 episode season, I could see it have maybe being able to go a lot further than it did. Um, but yeah. like, again, life was just a little bit different and TV was a little bit different. And we're, we're only just now getting into that format where seven episodes can be a whole season and we move along, at least in the United States. So, yeah. right. It's, I mean, and it's also the same way that like, you know, acting was, was different, you know, back then, back in the eighties, you know, acting on TV shows was different. And I always wondered, like, why? I was like, why is acting so different back then? And I actually heard on, a, I was listening to an interview on a podcast, and they were talking to somebody. They're like, yeah, my, I had friends that worked back then, but, like, you have to understand, you know, if a character had to, like, have a gun behind their back or something on, like, the A-team, you had to project that on this tiny TV, you know? Like, you had to be able to project ideas on small screens. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of kind of fall in the rut of, like, you know, getting too used to watching everything on my giant TV, and it's like, oh yeah, the the the, the size of the of the format, the size of the medium, sort of dictated how to sort of act. So you could sort of you know project outwards, and and it, you could actually see what you were doing. And I was like, oh, I never actually thought about that. Um, well, but it's yeah, film, it, filming now, yeah, yeah, you know. But it's like, yeah, it's like now, like what would Earth Final Conflict been like if they didn't have to adhere to a twenty four episode season? They could have done your typical you know FX you know twelve episode season. And I think you can do a much, much better uh, show than than trying to make a full season, you know, like this. Yeah. 
And it wasn't it wasn't like it had special effects, but it wasn't like it didn't lean on it to be right like a you know a good show. And like this, the stuff that they do on there could easily be done today. Um, yeah. So that I mean that's one of the reasons why I think it it, it is so good, at least that first season because it it really is just about the intrigue, um, than it is about you know the site like the sci-fi the, the sci-fi spaceships and the you know which is those parts are cool like the yeah. ships that they use to fly around and how they can and, go like they can go in between dimensions again that's yeah. A, yeah. another concept that in 2021 we're all cool with but back yeah. then that's that's a that's a pretty heavy concept right there yeah oh yeah yeah it's and i think too like just to go back to what you're saying about having a you know a shorter season or tightening it up um the concepts are all there you know, it, 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 it could easily an, another yet yet again, another show that you could just take the concept and, and roll with it and tweak it. And, you know, I, I, I love it. Like game like I love that she said it's Game of Thrones and, you know, sci fi version. Yeah, it's great. And, and for, I know for they, good or bad, <laughs> for sure, good or bad. Yeah, true. With minus dra- dragons and, uh, you know, uh, a bad storyline of people kissing at the end or whatever. And, and it's and it's funny because, you know, that. That you know, V led to 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 this, you know, in, yep. in some way, and then they rebooted V and made that much more like realistic and and mm-hmm. you know intriguing. And I guarantee you, the people who rebooted V were like, let's try to do it like Earth Final Conflict to make it this like sort of intriguing sort of thing. So it's interesting how they it kind of goes full circle like that. But also, like most things, I think that that V reboot didn't uh, didn't kind of meet its full potential and then i think it was also uh canned early i i watched the pilot for it it didn't kind of it didn't suck me in like the original v did which it is, was a tough one it was a tough one yeah. yeah and that and that's a show by the way that i love i don't even know if we need to bring it to tv obscure because i feel like everybody knows v i would yeah. like to actually i would like to actually do some sort of tribute to v in a different way like maybe an all ep- tv obscure episode or something i don't know we'll figure it out but we all we all loved v right growing up as kids Oh, Jesus, I love V, yeah. but uh, I think the 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 new the new show suffered because they didn't have uh, Mark Singer in it. Yeah, yeah. Also, didn't have that that cool ass uh, those those red outfits with the uh, and then also the, yeah. the cool helmet visor things. Yeah. Right. I mean, it yeah, it was. <laughs> it didn't have the punch, the, you know. Yeah, it didn't have like the allegory that um, the original one had. Plus, we already knew what the deal was, like. The original one, it was like it was trying to figure out what the mystery was, right? Yeah. But this in the remake, I mean, you already know. So, and they tried to do some other stuff, but it just didn't work. There's a fun fact about V and Rad that I heard on two dollar late fee. Zach, can you fill us in on that? (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the twins in Rad, the the BMX twins, uh, who were part of the of the you know, the, the bike crew that comes in to take over the town, uh, and win hell track. They are the outfits they're wearing. I call them Tomax and Zaymot cause they look <laughs> like Tomax and Zaymot from GI Joe. Um, they're wearing, uh, costumes from the V show. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> from the actual show. So from the costume department. So, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, fun fact, dude, I'd be able to spot that a mile away. I loved V, but because the reason I loved V is because I love the way that like the alien grunts looked like the, the alien yeah. soldier looked. I thought they were yeah. really freaking cool. And I liked all the ships too. I thought they, the like the, 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 you know, the fighter the jets and V the shuttles yeah. and stuff looked really cool. I, yeah. I just wish, I, I, you know, 
know, they, they made a doll for it. I yeah. wish they actually went full tilt boogie and like did a whole toy line. Yeah. Like three and three quarters size, not dolls. With like removable heads or something like that. that yeah. That'd be cool. I, and I remember that the, the full, the big doll is like the the Mezco size one, you know, the, the 12 the Mego, ones. yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it was cool because you had the, the face that was ripped open. You could see the alien underneath. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was cool. Oh, man. That show is fucking great. Yeah, so when yeah, he, so yeah, it's an iconic TV moment when uh when what's her name Diana when she swallows yeah. the guinea pig <laughs> yep. or whatever. <laughs> Dude, that's that. I mean, as a kid, man, that fucking I saw that in real time. Like I watched yeah. that on air, and that oh. blew me away. Oh, sp- oh <laughs> I don't know what it was, stuff. but I I sent a, a the gif of uh Chris Farley. Uh, remember in that the SNL sketch where he's like trying to be a Ch- Chippendales dancer, you yeah, know? Yes. And, <laughs> and I was like, I sent it to somebody, and they're like, "This is hilarious." And I was like, "You know what? I I saw this episode when it aired live, like, yeah." Like, and I was like, "And it's such a huge episode of of SNL, you know, and such a huge moment." But I I like the Chris Farley era. That was my SNL growing up, you know. Yeah. But um, ah, there's some great moments. <laughs> we I mean we could we could we do an obscure. I guess we could do moments. I don't know moments I, from obscure moments from you know? SNL. Yeah. I, I <laughs> no, no, no. From like <laughs> obscure TV moments. Yeah, like 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 the moment in uh, what was it fucking uh, what you talking about? Well, it's different strokes, you know, with the the molester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gordon Jump. Dudley. Gordon Jump. Dudley in the bike the bike shop from uh yeah yep. Gordon. Would you say Gordon yep. Jump Street? Is that was his name from a uh, WKRP? Gordon, and Gordon Jump. Yeah. Yeah. From w, yep. Oh yeah. W. He went WKRP from being uh, in Cincinnati. He went went from fondling records to fondling Dudley. <laughs> Sorry. Very special episode. On a very special episode. Uh Mummy came in my house. Alright, guys. <laughs> this was a awesome episode of TV Obscura. I, I think uh I think all three TV shows deserve uh, you know, a spotlight. I think they deserve to be, you know, checked out again. I think they all had something to say. And they all had something to say that was important to today you know like it was ahead of its time and you know what they're trying to say is interesting now and uh i implore everybody to to check out all three of these shows i think they're fantastic uh zach any final thoughts on on any of these shows or anything yet again uh three similar vibes going on i guess in a way uh i love the fact that my show and your show had that bizarre connection which is weird um but i love that they're they're similar and different at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you can see the similarities between the, your two shows, your guys shows because of the time frame when they came out yeah. uh, versus mine, which is dramatically different because it's the eighties and obviously the vibe is different, but yet again, um, you know, three shows that I, well, one other world, I obviously was super familiar with, but, uh, I'm glad I look forward to digging a little deeper into both and then ultimately deciding whether I'm going to, pull the eject cord or uh, continue to boldly go where many other people have gone before. (laughs) Diallo, any final thoughts on, uh, on this episode of, uh, of TV Obscura? Yeah. Like, um, you know, other, again, other world, I, I happened to watch it last year and it it, like some, like without any prompting, something about it, like, like drew me in. And so like, I was really glad Zach picked it and I, it was an opportunity for me to watch more episodes and, 
Yeah, there's just there's awesome. a quality of like something to it that I just feel like was lost for us, you know, like it could have been yeah. could have been something more. Um and uh yeah, space above and beyond um in my continuum of uh how um Battlestar Galactica ended up becoming the show that it was, Space Above and Beyond definitely was an influence on on that along with Deep Space Nine and and uh, Star Trek Voyager. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And then the Earth Final Conflict. I, I actually am gonna probably rewatch the entire series, um, like the first one, just so that I can relive the the moments, and then the 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 other four to like throw stuff at my TV and um, <laughs> complain why they didn't do this or that right. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still like it you know it takes me back to like a time that I yeah. you know um yeah. that I yep. remember and love so that'll be fun for me. Yeah. Uh, Other world was man I I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> that was that was wild. Um Space Above <laughs> and Beyond I I still have a such a love for that movie uh and it, or, it's a TV show. Uh, and it holds a special place in my heart because Diallo and I bonded over it uh, very early totally. on in our friendship. Um, and then Earth Final Conflict, e- even just watching the pilot, like you can tell, like just Gene Roddenberry's a master craftsman, you know. And in the fact that this is distilled from his notes down to you know through his wife and everything and through writers, you gotta wonder what like like it's it's there's so much there. You know, because he's so he's such a creative force that you almost wonder what the show would have been like if he was actually alive to see it happen. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's it's amazing how you can see his fingerprints are there, even though he's he was passed away years before the show came out. And that is mm-hmm. a testimony to just that man's creative genius and just his where his head was at, you know, just way ahead of everybody else and always. You know, and yeah, there's this intrigue and everything, but I think there's always hope with everything Gene Roddenberry does. There's always this this hope, this positivity to it, um, that, or at least a hope that, you know, something good will come out of it. And I feel like that's something that is desperately lacking in in all forms of sci-fi and media these days. It's just... Or society. Yeah, in society. Yeah. Just give us a little fucking hope, guys. Just something. And, you know, sci-fi, I think, you know, it, it can be gritty and, and everything, but sometimes it can also be hopeful. And, and I think, you know, Earth Final Conflict, where no matter where it goes, that pilot at least, let you know, left me with some hope. So I think all three of these shows are worth checking out if you like sci-fi. Agreed. So if you like Christmas, you know what you should check out? Diallo. The First Noel by A. Diallo Jackson. (laughs) 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 Tell Uh, us about uh, that that podcast, my friend. Yeah, so The First Noel is my – it's a fantasy Christmas novel that I am currently – publishing on um kindle vela in serialized chapter form and i'm doing a podcast as well um that appears on all major podcasting platforms um i am doing the reading of it and again i've not really done uh (laughs) voice actor stuff before so it's always been an interesting uh thing for me but it's been kind of fun 
Um, and uh, as of next week, I am pushing to have a weekly release um, in both um, reading form and um, audio form. So picking That's up awesome. my schedule and looking to have um, the story all finished and completed and done by Christmas this year, which, you know, will be on theme with uh, what the story is all about. So um, Lord of the Rings meets Christmas, if uh, that's my eleva- elevator pitch. And, and I, w- I always have a, a link in the episode notes to that as well. Uh, Zach, we are gearing up for a, a podcasting after dark $2 late fee crossover event soon. What movie are we going to be discussing, my friend? We are discussing 1986's The Wraith. The Wraith. Starring Charlie Sheen. But uh, the, the Corey joined me on $2 Late Fee with my co-host Dustin. Uh, we recorded a great episode, hilarious episode of that. <laughs> That's airing now. Um, by the time this episode airs, it should be airing now. And then the following week will be the breakdown episode of the wraith on podcasting after dark. So, um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun to be had. And then following that Matthew Berry, who plays Billy in the wraith. And if you don't know who Matthew Berry is or if, but if you know the wraith, then you should know Billy. Uh, he's one of the main characters of the movie. He, we have an interview on $2 late fee the week after the podcasting after dark episode. So it's a, it's a bomb, bomb, bomb. It's a, it's a triple threat, if you will, yeah. of, uh, of the Wraith. Oof, the Wraith. Oh man, I was waiting so long to watch that movie. Uh, I've never, I'd never seen it before, and uh, I knew that Zach loved it. So sometimes in the back of my head, I know kind of what not to watch. I would rather keep it fresh. And we have <laughs> a ton of fun on the uh, on the two dollar late fee discussion. A uh, whole lot of fun with Dustin. A uh, lot of yucks to be had, and I. <laughs> cannot wait to to do the breakdown with zach on podcasting after dark i the wraith is a wild wild ride and i had some wild revelations on my first viewing of it so uh <laughs> you listen you'll listen the two dollar lafey will be my my the more like 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 sooner like closer to the to the revelation so it's a lot of the first impression so go listen to that uh of course i'll, I'll promote it on the instagram and everything and with links <laughs> it's the rate is wild my god that, <laughs> oh man but yeah check. where can we find you Corey? oh you know if, if i'm not on podcasting after dark i'm talking to our pal adam every week about seinfeld on cartwright a Seinfeld podcast, and uh, we're having a blast. We're a few uh, few episodes into season seven as of right now, and we are rocking and rolling. We're having all kinds yes. of fun, and uh, you know we're also having all kinds of fun over on the podcasting after dark Patreon. All kinds of interviews happening. We just released our Catherine Mary Stewart interview, and uh, we are in the process, Zach's in the process of editing our Rob Paulson interview, and that'll be out this month. And um, yeah, we have all kinds of cool stuff. We have our monthly wrap-up after dark episode um, comes out. We have that. We do a few things here and there. I'll probably release um, another, like I did with the World War Z uh, review. I'll probably release one for Aliens uh, Fire Team. Just a little solo review by myself. Uh, Aliens Fire Team Elite. But yeah, we have all kinds of fun on on Patreon. It's a good time. 
check us out. Check out everything on the BFOP network. Check out Blast from Our Past. Check out Action Action. Check out Talking Back. Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. And, of course, check out $2 Late Fee. Those guys over there rock. So, love you guys. Love TV Obscura. It's so much fun. I, I hated that it took us, like, over uh, a month and a half to, to get to the next episode. But we'll be, we're back on regular recording sessions now. Yes. And, as always, Diallo... We'll catch you on the obscure side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.